Hello everyone. Welcome to my show, Curry Up Startup Podcast, a podcast aimed at celebrating Asian entrepreneurs. Click, click, click. Another photo here. Oh, another picture here. Ah, well, there's no more storage space on your phone. Have you ever been in such situations? Well, there's always the cloud. What exactly is that? What's cloud computing? Let's get to learn a little bit more about what all of this jargon is and how do you make this information more accessible to non-technology folks. Join your hands together to welcome my guest for the show, Hiro Nishimura. Hi, Hiro. Hello. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Hiro, where do I start with your introduction? Uh, you've been an amazing woman to get to know. You've been a, a special ed teacher, and now you have your own company, AWS Newbies. Well, help us understand more about you and the kind of work that you do for the community. Yeah, so my background is in special education. Um, I got my master's in special ed and moved up to New York, fully intending on doing something related to disability advocacy. Um, and then somehow I ended up in tech instead, which was about four and a half years ago. And I've been enjoying the process of kind of learning about this whole entire new world that I didn't really know existed or something that I didn't even realize was possible for someone without a technical background. Uh, so recently I started learning about Amazon Web Services, cloud computing as a way to progress my career in tech. And turns out there's not very many resources available for people who don't have engineering backgrounds. So there's a lot of resources out there, a lot of documentation, but it's just so filled with talk technical jargon that it's very difficult for people like us to understand what exactly anything does or how to do things. I was looking for something like, oh, hey, there's a service called Amazon EC2. What is it? And all I wanted was like a two word answer, like, oh, it's a virtual server. But when you look it up, there's a whole entire, maybe like five pages of all these details and information that's not very relevant to the level of technical skills that I need. I just wanted to know it's a virtual server. So realizing that this is something that's missing, um, I decided to create AWS Newbies, mostly so that I can study for my own exam prep. And once I passed it, I figured, hey, if it helps one or two other people in a year, that's great. That was a year ago. And um, somehow now I teach cloud computing, introduction to cloud computing to non-engineers with LinkedIn. I have two courses out, two more courses coming out in a couple months. And um, I quit my full-time job as sysadmin uh, two weeks ago and am fully in on this Let's make cloud computing, AWS, and technology in general accessible to everyone. So that's kind of been my um, past couple years. That's fantastic to hear, Hero. Especially, you know, leaving your corporate job. What went through your mind as you were making this decision to be an entrepreneur? Yeah, it's definitely a hard decision to make, especially because there's a good level of stability in a 
paycheck that comes every two weeks, having full benefits, and more importantly, kind of having this title in a corporate setting is a very easy way for people to kind of understand what you do and who you are. I think a lot of our identity as career people are tied to our title, our company, what we do at work. And um, now that I am not, I am not employed in a corporate setting. People have a lot of difficulty understanding what I am, what I do, and when I say I am a freelancer or self-employed, people ask me, "Oh, so you like work on Fiverr.com, writing articles?" You know, so it's kind of hard for a lot of people to understand what it means to be a freelancer or self-employed. And I am currently in the process of trying to figure out how to better explain what I do because I can see people's eyes glazing over as soon as I say, "Oh, I teach introductory to cloud computing in Amazon Web Services to non-engineers." And as soon as I get to like cloud, people's eyes just cloud over, going, "Oh." I have no idea what she's talking about. So,、um, as someone who wants to get rid of technical jargon, I've started to realize, oh, cloud computing is also a technical jargon. So it's kind of like a very big discovery process. But、um, I'm trying to like establish an identity without being a systems administrator at this so and so startup. You know, so that's been an interesting transition. I really agree with you on that because people are used to. Standard titles and you know the regular nine to five mindset that you have. So anything that's beyond that boundary line always raises a lot of eyebrows. So tell me, Hiro, was it a challenging conversation that you had with your family and friends when you decided to jump into a different ship of freelancing? That's actually a really interesting question because、um, it was very smooth. It's. Usually, when someone says, "Oh, I'm gonna quit my work and start my own thing," most people are like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait! Calm down. Have you thought about this? You're not gonna have a paycheck. You're gonna be poor. What are you gonna do about insurance? What about your career? You know, a lot of people are like, 'Wait a second.' But、um, most of my friends and my family kind of know how cautious I am and how kind of how do you say you're? I'm very Um, avoidant of catastrophes. You know, I'm very scared of a lot of things happening, especially with my、uh, medical conditions. So when I told them that I'm going to go freelance, I'm going to be self-employed and quit my quote-unquote cushy corporate job to pursue something I love, everyone was like, "Go for it!" And I was honestly not expecting everyone to. Really cheer me on like that. So I was really surprised when、um, I talked to my friends or my parents, my boyfriend now husband, and I was like, "Hey, I'm going to quit my job and I'm thinking of pursuing this thing that I love full time." Everyone was like, "Yeah, go for it. We'll support you. Whatever we can do." And so that's really made it a lot easier for me to go through this transition.、Um, But I still think a lot of people don't really—they support me in whatever I'm trying to do, but they don't really know what it is exactly that I do. That's a wonderful way to look at it, and I'm so glad that your transition was seamless because a lot of times, convincing our 
you know, close family and friends, that is a huge challenge. So how did you feel when you had to write your first course? Was it overwhelming? What went through your mind at that point in time? Now that you've decided, hey, I want to freelance and let's jump into it. Yeah. So this is actually a process that's been going on for about a year now. Um, I learned about this whole concept of Amazon Web Services and cloud computing last spring. And over the summer, I started studying for certification exam for the AWS cloud practitioner exam. And that's where I ran into the roadblock of not being able to find resources that kind of were catered to people like me without very extensive engineering backgrounds that just kind of explains the basics of AWS and all the services and concepts. So to study for my exam, I created awsnewbies.com to put my study material up. And I passed my exam. I was like, okay, this is great. And a few months later, or actually a few weeks later, um, I started getting... um, companies started reaching out, asking me to be their technical writer. And until then, I had no idea my hobbies can are actually careers. So that really surprised me. But at that point, most of the companies that reached out wanted me to work for them full time. And I didn't feel like I was ready to make that transition from engineering to writing yet. So I refused most of them. But um, LinkedIn came up to me and asked me to create introduction to AWS um, courses catered towards non-engineers, which with zero experience in that field, I was like, wait, you want me to teach people? But I have no background in this. I don't know what cloud computing AWS was. That's why I created this website. And turns out that's what they were looking for because I, as someone who had just gone through similar experiences, I know what people don't understand, what people don't know, and how to explain things so that people like me can understand. So I um, I accepted and I started making courses with them last fall. And the process was a big learning um, curve I've never created a course before. I do have special education background, but creating like a video course catered towards adults versus um, creating lesson plans for kids is very different. But throughout the process, I've started to realize I'm doing almost the same thing. I'm taking this quote unquote general curriculum and breaking it down and modifying it so that people who can't access the normal curriculum aka engineering topics written by engineers for engineers to something that other people can understand. So my life has kind of done a whole circle. I thought I left my special education background behind, but now I'm kind of doing similar work, except this time with adults in tech. And that's been pretty exciting. Um, And it's also made me realize how full of jargon and how kind of lazy we can get with words and concepts that we take for granted. There's this word that um, a lot of people use in cloud computing called scaling. And we say scaling for everything. Oh, you know, this service scales. Oh, um, the bill scales. But then you're like, okay, stop. What, What is scaling? 
then most people will not be able to explain what that means in a way that people who have absolutely no cloud computing experience will understand. So I've had to kind of break down even my own slight biases on words and phrases and concepts and really start to understand. Because if you can't really understand it, you can't really explain it either. So um, that's been kind of my past year. And now that I have been creating courses and resources and communities for about a year, um, I finally kind of felt confident enough to pursue it full time. And my mindset kind of was like, I just turned 30 in June. And it's like, okay, new decade, new me. And when I turn 40, will I be happy that I stayed to a job that I'm not that passionate about that eats 40 hours of my day, uh, sorry, 40 hours of my week? Or would I be happier and more content with myself for giving this um, teaching a try? Even if it doesn't work out, I would at least know I tried. And I decided that um, I'm not getting a day younger, so I might as well give it a try And if it doesn't work out, the younger I am, the easier it would be to kind of find another thing to do. So that was my thought process in um, going full freelance last month. That's an incredible philosophy, you know, the way you're perceiving life. Not a lot of us have the courage to step out and really do things that we are passionate about, not worrying about the outcome or the stable paycheck that you get. That's very incredible. You deserve a pat on your back, girl. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, it's been a long process. Um, I've oh, I've been interested in personal finance and um, I've been actively saving a lot and living on half of my take home, maxing out my retirements, things like that for a while. So I've been able to accumulate amount of money um, that, Unless I have another medical catastrophe, I'd be able to live off for a while. So I have a cushion. I have social cushions. Another reason why um, I wanted to give this a go is because uh, when I was 22, I had brain surgery to remove um, vascular malformations called arteriovenous malformations from my brain. And that kind of plunged me into this whole new world of disability and chronic illness and not being able to do things that people take for granted. I mean, even I took for granted. I had to kind of relearn how to move, starting from how to move my fingers and use a spoon to eat, you know, sit up, walk, stuff like that. And um, as I progressed through the recovery period of that, I realized, you know, oh, Getting your head cut open comes with brain injury. You know, I have to recover from that. I have to accommodate myself for that. And um, going through that kind of made me realize, one, life is pretty short. And two, like anything could happen at any time. And also that people are actually a lot more malleable than we give ourselves credit to. So I think that's what gave me the courage to try out a whole new career path after I got my master's in special education and start my career in tech. 
and starting my career in tech gave me the confidence to know that, hey, you know, I can try things out and it'll probably work out. And if it doesn't, I can try something else. And there's always something that I can do. And recently, a couple years ago, two years ago, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, which um, my brain injury was obviously more cognitive and brain-based disabilities, but this one was completely physical. And I, my uh, range of motion was very restricted. I, and when I was in constant pain, um, all my joints were swelling up. And when we look it up online, the disability rate of rheumatoid arthritis is pretty high. And kind of almost day by day, I start to wonder, oh, how long am I even going to be able to sustain an independent lifestyle? And that was kind of a really scary realization. I think I was around 27 or 28, where I was like, wait, just walking to the train station to go to work, that's something that... I took for granted, but in half a year, I might not be able to do. And within a couple months, really, I was almost not able to go to the train station to go to work. So I have recovered a lot from that point. Um, I've been on a chemotherapy medication called methotrexate for two years now, which controls my arthritis. But um, that's it's not a fix. It's a Band-Aid. So I want to kind of really establish what I can do for my body and the corporate setting wasn't really helping. So I'm, that's another reason why I decided to um, go freelance is because I can control my work and I can control my environment a lot better and to try to see if I can get into remission and realizing also that Life is short and you're not guaranteed that time when you're 75 to enjoy your retirement, you know, in 40, 50, 60 years that, hey, this might be the time you need to try your thing because maybe at that point I might not even be able to move. You know, that's kind of a scary thought, but also it kind of spurred me to take this risk so that I can do what I find is important and Maybe at 45 and immobile, I'm not going, oh, I wish I'd done that at 30 when I still could move. So that was uh, one of those big, hey, wake up, do something moment. You have really fought against a lot of personal odds to be where you are today. When you look back, how does it feel, Hiro? Um, usually it's just me trying to live day by day. But when I look back at kind of the accumulation of what's happened in the past 10 years, yeah, I'm like, wow, you know, um, to me, it's kind of daily life. But I'm, yeah, I don't really know how to explain it. But it's kind of like, okay, so many people helped me get where I am. So much, you know, stress and tears and pain went through to be where I am today. So whatever I can do to try to help the community that helped me and to pay it forward, I really want to do while I still can. That's amazing. And on behalf of our listeners, we really appreciate you opening up 
and sharing your story. I hope this would be a sense of motivation for a lot of folks out there who have everything that it takes. I mean, me personally, but still we feel, hey, that's too risky and maybe I shouldn't give it a try at this point in time. You know, let me be 65 plus and then I would take that risk. Thank you for sharing your story. You know, it's very enlightening to see how you look at your life and overcome all these different challenges to help the community, especially the the non-technology folks who really want to get a handle of cloud computing. As you do these different courses, do you remember the best feedback that you've heard? Like somebody giving you a, an appreciation for the, the hard work behind the course? I don't personally interact too much with my students um, because it's a video course that's hosted on a course platform. But I do get um, periodic students, friend, uh, not friending me, um, periodic students connecting with me on LinkedIn because my LinkedIn is directly connected to my courses. And I do get some nice messages here and there from them. So that's kind of nice to know that the courses I make are really kind of helping other people who are going through similar things I went through to kind of get a grasp on this new technology. Well, it's not so new anymore, but to most of us, it's new. And that I could have opened some doors, you know, into understanding a little better what this whole big, scary cloud computing thing is. Well, with your work, I'm quite sure cloud computing doesn't look as scary as it would have been. Well, let's uh, do a fun rapid fire to break the ice a little bit, Hero. Are you ready for it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. So here's how it's going to work. I'll give you a word and you tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. AWS newbies. Eggs. <laughs> Why would you say that? It's because I made the logo an egg because um, we're kind of all little eggs trying to figure out this whole new concept and hopefully we'll uh, turn into beautiful chickens. Wellness. Um, taking care of yourself. Very true. Maryland. Crabs. You know, having crabs and a relaxing day on the on the shore. I'm looking forward to the much slower lifestyle that I'll have there. New York is very exciting. I love it. Um, everything is always happening somewhere. But um, as much as I love it, my body can't handle it. So I need to uh, see what this slowed down suburb life can do for me maybe calm myself down a little bit <laughs> you never know well welcome to our community is what i would say the last question what's your favorite book oh this is a hard one i read so many books four tendencies by gretchen rubin you've been a great example you know section in our podcast called toot the horn mm -hmm. this is your time to brag about yourself how would you describe your life in a word or two in your native language? Yeah, so I'm from Japan. Um, I moved to the U.S. when I was seven. Kintsugi. And the direct translation would be golden repair. But it's the way which um, Japanese artisans would repair broken pottery by mending the area with gold to make it, to number one, fix it so that you can use it again. But number two, it kind of makes it more beautiful. 
So that's kind of how I feel about my life is um, I was on a trajectory. I was on a railroad kind of heading to this one destination in life. And with my brain surgery, with my rheumatoid arthritis, with my career changes, with a lot of different life events, um, both my body and brain and mind have gone through many cycles of being broken and brought back together again. Kim Sugi, that sounds like a lovely word, Hiro. Thank you so much for sharing your inspirational life story and the way you've stood for yourself. Just like a steady rock. That's how I would see uh, you've enriched yourself with all the challenges that life has thrown at you, but you've never stepped back and you've given us a lot of inspiration today to really look at our life and feel grateful. But at the same time, still having a, a professional career and an identity for yourself so you get to channelize your ambitions. Thank you so much, Hiro. And thank you all to our listeners. It's been a very incredible and moving talk with you, Hiro. It feels like, you know, life unfolding uh, and you have such a beautiful journey. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was great talking to you.